0: Hey guys, welcome to the Tokyo Lens Podcast. And as always, if you are a regular listener, welcome back. No matter what you're doing as you listen, I am super happy to have you here. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a topical one because today here in Japan was a bit of a special day. It was a day filled with anticipation and excitement. Everywhere you went, people were abuzz. If you take a look at Japanese social media, there were people glued to televisions, and everyone's Instagram stories were about the same thing. The release of the new Japanese era name. Now, this is kind of a big topic here in Japan and today I'm going to try and walk you through it in as much detail as I can without it being overwhelming. going to toss a couple fun facts in there about the era names and hopefully we'll be able to have a good time with this one. So I'm going to start by just coming out and saying what the name of the new Japanese era is. So up until now, uh, in recent years, we have been in the Heisei era. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about that right now. But the new era is called Deiwa. Deiwa. Now, this, how can I put this? Let's start with a little bit of a quote from Japan Times. It says, the first character represents good fortune, while the second can be translated as peace of... Or harmony. Now, this is kind of a really simple translation of the two characters. This era name, like many other era names, is made up of two kanji characters, but we're going to loop back to that a little bit later. Now, I'm not going to get too, too deep into the meaning of each kanji. If you're somebody who's really into kanji, there is an abundance of information out there on it, And I think it'd be a lot of fun for you just to kind of do the research. I want to talk about the era itself and how these era names are chosen, what it means to Japanese people, a little bit of the history, some fun facts. Let's just jump right in. So the new era is typically viewed as kind of a reset. In Japanese culture a bit of a fresh start and right now with it being spring here in Japan it coincides with the fresh atmosphere and the fresh new starts of everything going on around for regular listeners you will probably know this but in spring Japan goes through a massive refresh People move into new homes in the spring. People start new jobs in the spring. When April hits, the streets are filled with new young employees all wearing the same black suits and white shirts starting their new jobs. It's a time for change. So right now, in particular, as the Sakura are in full bloom in so many places around Japan, including many spots in Tokyo this new era release has been filled with excitement. It's a big deal. Pretty much everywhere you went today or anywhere you looked, people were gathered around televisions just waiting. In fact, pretty much all of my Japanese friends posted something on their social media that alluded to them sitting in front of a TV for the announcement which started at 11.30 this morning. Now, this, this was very, very exciting for a lot of people. They waited in anticipation as the speech went on to find out what the new era name would be. Now, for those of you who at this point are like, well, what what, what are you talking about? Why What is this era? Why is this a big deal at all? Allow me to walk through a little bit of what these era names are. So, Really simply put, there are two ways to read the year in Japan. There is the Gregorian way, the normal like 2018, 2019, or there is the Japanese way, which is based on the era. And I'll get into that a little bit more. So the Japan era names basically mark. Periods in Japanese history. And, you know, to this day, you may be able to recognize some very famous periods like the Meiji era or the Edo period and stuff like that. These are famous not just within Japan, but kind of internationally. But just for the sake of building clarity and, you know, maybe having a little fun, let's start with a really bland and dry Wikipedia description of what the Japanese era names is. So coming straight off of Wikipedia, it says, I, yeah, I need to take a big breath of that one. Sorry. The Japanese era name in brackets, it says Nengo or also known as Gengo is the first of the two elements that identify years in the Japanese era calendar scheme. The second second oh boy, we're having one of those days, guys. One of those days where my English is just on point. Yep, that is today. Let's try that part again. The second element, a number, counts the years from the first year of the era. So for example, the Heisei era, don't quote me on this, I think started back around 2004. So, you know, it, it goes from Heisei on two, three, four, five, six. Um, I should have double checked whether or not it starts at zero. I, I don't think it. Does. Um, don't come at me on this. <laughs> the uh and then the next part of the Wikipedia entry says the list of Japanese era names is the result of periodization system which was established by enter Emperor Kotoku in year six hundred and forty-five. The system of era names was irregular until the beginning of the eighth century. Um, and then it says, after year 701, sequential era names developed without interruption across a span of centuries. And as of April 1st, 2019, there have been a total of 239 era names. So, okay, maybe it was it was a little more than a bland Wikipedia entry. There, there was actually some fairly useful information in there. So this has been widely used in Japan for a very very long time. You can tell like each era can can span decades and there have been 239 era names. So it's one of those things that is truly and deeply ingrained in the Japanese culture. So that being said, I kind of want to jump in with one or two maybe three fun facts about the Japanese era names. So they're so popularly and widely commonly used in Japan that when it comes to something like official forms or your driver's license or etc, it's all based on the Japanese era. So when you're filling out an official form, you need to actually write the kanji for the current era and the year number. So That being said, you at the very least tend to get pretty good at writing those kanji. Now, if you don't read, speak, or write any Japanese, and you're like, but I wanted to live in Japan. How am I going to fill out forms? To be honest with you, a lot of these banks and, you know, the the, the uh City Hall will allow you to just write the Gregorian calendar years. So nine times out of 10, it's completely okay to write just the, you know, whatever, the 2018, 2019. In the few cases that you absolutely have to write the Japanese calendar year based on this naming scheme, they usually have a little box that you can circle of like what the year is. So up until now, it's been fairly common to see two boxes. And I think now there'll be a third one added with it. And you just circle that box and you write the year number. And so as long as you can recognize the kanji for it, you're usually okay. Now as for that kanji, many of these are made of two kanji. Now it's not really a rule. i um, taking another quote here from a page. It says some eras like the Tempio Kampo or the tenpyo Shoho era from the Tempio period from 729 to 749 consist of four characters, but it's kind of become somewhat of a long-standing tradition for these era names to consist of two characters. And the current era name follows this traditional naming scheme. So that kind of tosses in some fun facts in there. I, I don't know how fun they were. I, they felt a lot more fun when I was writing them down, but <laughs> reading them down, they they felt really incredibly simple. But something that is quite fun with this is as I was scrolling through Twitter today, I found a tweet. And the tweet just read, It's not an April Fool's joke, Dewa, and then in brackets, The Real Estate Institute of Western Australia welcomes the naming of the new Japanese era. Dewa, dot, 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 trending number one on Twitter in Japan. And this kind of gave me a little bit of a chuckle because, you know, the, the, obviously there's some some overlap there and they were very excited. And there's actually articles online now talking about how the, the new, you know, uh, the new era name has been, has overlapped with this real estate company and how they're getting a ton of attention and taking a look at the tweet that they tweeted out now. And they're, Twitter handle is actually at Dewa, R E I W A. Uh, And their tagline there is just home of Wa real estate. And the tweet currently has 6,194 retweets, 8,318 likes, and a total Twitter thread comment line of 76 comments so that was pretty interesting to see um, I, I I like that so so the first reply on there I kind of want to read it because I haven't actually read through these yet is from somebody, Masara. It says, Hi, Rewa. Congrats on the trend. Just out of curiosity, how do you pronounce your association name? Although the spelling of the new era is Rewa, the pronounce and pronunciation is more like Re-wa. Uh, is Rewa pronounced similar or is, yeah, okay. And, ah, okay. And they... Uh, replied here saying actually we pronounce it Rewa and like oh thank you for the quick answer so the pronunciation of it's a little bit different but that's something I stumbled across here on Twitter today that I just kind of wanted to toss in here because I thought that that was really neat jumping back to the main part of this though I want to talk a little bit about how they're decided we're going to touch on this and then cover it in a little more detail later So, I pulled a passage from a website online that says a select group of scholars is appointed, and they come, they each come up with a list. Usually, I think it's like four or five. No, four wouldn't be lucky. They wouldn't do four. Most likely, five names each, and it's presented for discussion. Now, this is kind of. It's one of those things that isn't super, super documented or shared exactly how they change or choose the name, which is one of those things that I think creates a little mystery and makes it all the more interesting. Because there is some information out there about how it's chosen, but it's a little bit different each time, and it's not very specifically heavily documented as in, like, this is our process. But there's something that's kind of important to mention here, and that's Japan is changing. And this is a very, very obvious statement. But it's something that a couple years ago wouldn't have been an obvious statement. You see, Japan was synonymous with not changing, with holding on to their culture and their lifestyle and everything in a way that so many countries had not managed to do as internationalization hit countries around the world. But Japan has resisted internationalization for quite a long time. And I think a lot of people have different views on this. Some people, both Japanese and non-Japanese alike, have a certain level of appreciation for that, for the country maintaining the beauty that gave birth to where it is now. But there are just as many other people who feel that it will be left behind or it just makes it so much more difficult for Japan to be a part of the world as a whole if they don't succumb to some form of internationalization or if they don't at least open their doors to some form of change moving forward. A a good example of this is Japan has done away with the hanko. For those of you who don't know what the hanko is, the hanko is like a little name stamp, if you will. It's a seal, basically. And these were used forever in a much more high regard than, for example, signatures. So if I were to share a little sidebar, a little personal story here, when I first came to Japan and went to set up a bank account... They were like, well, do you do you have a hanko?" And I was like, no, I don't. Can I set up the bank account with a signature? And they're like, sure, no problem. Just sign right here. But then the next time that I needed to make a change to my account, like an address change, they asked me to sign and it had been well over a year. And my signature had kind of slightly changed a bit. Maybe I, just the way I did it. And they're like, "Uh, yeah, sorry, it doesn't match the original signature. And I I looked and I was like, no, it it looks almost exactly the same. And they're like, yeah, the the computer doesn't register it because it's too different. And when I asked them what they meant, they said, well, in Japan, we typically use this hanko. And it's exactly the same every single time. You see what you do is you kind of dab the hanko in some red ink they put a pad under the paper you press it to the paper hold it there for a second or two carefully lift it off and boom there it is right there if you get it wrong sometimes they will make you refill out the entire form i'm not even kidding i've had it happen before a form where I had to write out my full name and address on three different pages. And then on the last page, my hand slipped. I messed up the hunko and I had to rewrite all of it. Yes, this is a real thing that happens. And so Japan is basically doing away with the hanko to a certain degree. There are some great articles online. There's some great content about it out there. So if that's something that you're interested in learning more about, I fully encourage you to go and check it out. But that, that is a really very big change from an old Japanese tradition that has held up until now. And for a lot of people, it's seen as a very, very welcome change. The hanko system, because even when a delivery man would come to your door, more often than not, if you've ever received a delivery in Japan and they're like, "Ah, oh, sign here, it's a tiny little like one centimeter or like half inch by half inch, tiny little box. And they're like, please sign in this box. And the original reason is because that box is made for the hanko so a lot of japanese people when a delivery man shows up they go into the cabinet that they store their hanko in they get their hanko and those hanko you typically will register them to something um there's also a much bigger type of hanko called a jitsuin which is custom made for you the smaller ones can be custom made as well but you can also just pick them up at the 100 yen store and the jitsuin are expensive if you're gonna make any major purchase, like a car, a home, anything like that, you need a jitsuin to make the purchase. And to make them, I think my jitsuin, I got it on discount and it still cost me about what would have been uh, roughly a hundred and twenty, a hundred and thirty dollars American. And I got it for when I was making when I was making my car. Wouldn't that be nice? Just just custom make a car from nothing. Just do that. Someday. I don't know. Probably not today. Um, this, uh, This Jitsui Nahanko needed to be custom designed and have my full name in kanji built into it, which means you also need to have a registered kanji name, which is a hassle all of its own. We're not getting into that. But these things need to be kept and stored. They need to be registered at City Hall and everything. It is a whole big deal. And so... I'm interested to know how the Hanko culture is going to change when it comes to things like purchasing cars, motorbikes, homes, and all of that with the Jitsuin. But I feel I have really sidebarred here. So coming back a little bit more to this topic of Japan is changing and then getting back more into the talk of the era. In addition to the Hanko Pre Olympic, Japan is changing actually a lot of things to close up the city. I'm going to approach this with clean and family safe language, as I know some of you do listen with your families or in the car or whatever, but there's an entire industry in Japan that they're kind of trying to do away with or at least sweep under the rug to a certain degree. One of the most obvious displays of this industry for the most common person or traveler is the magazine rack in the convenience store. There's an entire section of magazines right there available for easy purchase that are not exactly family friendly. And Japan has decided that pre-Olympic, they're just going to make sure that convenience stores no longer have those right there available for easy access and purchase. So the country as a whole is going through quite a bit of change. Now, one of the things that I haven't really covered so far in this podcast episode, and I, I don't know how I got this far without covering it, it's probably a little bit assumptive of me, I apologize for that, is the reason for the change. You see, the reason for the change is that the current Japanese emperor has chosen to abdicate, step down from the throne, and give way for a new era and new emperor. This is the biggest trigger for the change and has been one of the topics most covered in Japanese news media over the past, oh, I don't even know how long, ever since the current emperor said that he wanted to step down, there, it, it, was, it, it was huge news here in Japan. There was lots of stories and controversy and everything surrounding it. That is a topic all of its own. But one thing that I kind of wanted to do today with you guys is at the end here, share a little bit of an article that I found that I actually enjoyed reading and I thought that you guys might get some value from. So the article here is from the Minichi newspaper, mainichi.jp slash English. I will link it in the podcast description as I always do with these. And so I kind of want to walk through this one with you. So it says, Tokyo. The government decided on April 1st that the new era name when the crown prince Naristo accedes to the imperial throne one month from now will be Deva. Kind of reading that gave me a little bit of a, a Star Wars feel. When he accedes to the imperial throne, it sounds sounds dark and evil. Um, that, that was a very unnecessary sidebar, getting back to the article. The cabinet approved a government ordinance regarding the change from the current Heisei era to Reiwa after hearing opinions on the proposed era name from a panel comprised of experts from various fields, the heads and vice heads of both chambers of the Diet and all cabinet ministers. So... That does give just a little more insight into how this is chosen, uh, but again, doesn't exactly outline every step of the detail. Uh, and now, getting back to the article, it says the name is composed of two kanji or Chinese characters. The first day has meanings including good or beautiful, as well as order or rule. So. When I talked at the very beginning of the podcast, that was a very, very simple translation. That's what I mean. Uh, This particular era name has a wide variety of interpretations. And it says here the meaning of the second character, Wa, include Harmony, peace, and Japanese style, or Japanese people. Actually, it doesn't say Japanese people, but you see, the, the kanji for harmony, wa, if you ask Japanese people what that kanji means, more often than not, they will respond by saying, oh, it, it means Japan. The concept of wa or harmony is ingrained and embedded into so many parts of Japanese life and Japanese lifestyle. And it's not just harmony as in peace and no, you know, fights and everything like that. It's more harmony in terms of balance. And so if I were to slightly sidebar again into a little bit of an example, they believe in business, that no business can be conducted if wa or Harmony doesn't already exist, which if you've heard about like Japanese having a lot of like drinking parties and everything like that, like clients and everything, you know, if they go out drinking with their clients or take them out for a night out in the town or something like that and build a personal bond and they do that so that they can have better business together. The goal of that is the wa, the harmony. And so this is a really, really deeply ingrained part of Japanese culture. You can almost never have an appropriate business discussion without building a little bit of harmony first, kind of getting to know each other. And it's kind of very similar to in the in the West, just having small chat before getting into something. But in the Japanese culture, in their approach, the goal is really to build a bit of a bond. And so that coming back to that that first kanji, their day, Kanji. Again, good or beautiful order, rule, this... Could be interpreted in so many ways. There is actually a lot of articles and content that has been released in the last 12 or so hours talking about how, like, this is a kind of an archaic approach to a name and how they expect all Japanese to fall in line and, like, you know, you know, because there's that order or rule interpretation of the kanji. So, like, harmony through following order or harmony through following the rules and stuff like that so it will be interesting to see moving forward kind of how the view on this kanji is evolves i guess i should say how how it evolves and how it is interpreted by the people of Japan and the even the non-Japanese who live here. So, jumping back into the article, it says that chief cabinet secretary Yoshihide Suga announced on April 1st that the name comes from the Mangyoshu, collection of 10,000 leaves, the oldest anthology of Japanese poetry. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, said in a news conference the same day, the era name represents a culture being born and nurtured by people's hearts coming together beautifully. He said the name Rewa was selected in the hope that Japan will be a country where each person can achieve success with hopes for the future, like plum flowers that bloom brilliantly after the severe cold. So that that's actually a really beautiful description and I think a lot of people would be like well that that's really nice and a lot of other people would be like well that's just a politician using fancy words to make something dark sound pretty and I think a lot of people lean in that direction simply because so much is implied in Japanese like language like each kanji character has its own history, and there are so many things implied within a certain word or character or anything. So people who are deeply, deeply into that are more likely to kind of read more into this name than the presentation of it given by the prime minister. So getting back into the article, it says, in the passage of the maniyoshi from which the characters were selected. A prologue to poems on plum blossoms. The character for day appears in the phrase reigetsu, meaning auspicious month, while the one for wa, which can also be read yawaragu, comes from the phrase kaze yawaragu, a reference to Gentle wind. The new era name will go into effect at the stroke of 12 a.m. on May 1st, the day Crown Prince Naruhito will become the new emperor. This will be the second change in era names based on the Era Name Act that went to f- into force in 1979. The first one took place when Emperor Hirohito passed away and Emperor Akihito acceded to the throne. This time, however, is the first time since the Meiji era that a change in era name is taking place due to an emperor's abdication. Out of consideration for the impact that the change will have on the lives of members of the public, it was decided that the new era name would be announced prior to the abdication and ascension. So I think what they mean by this is that because so much of Japanese society revolves around using these names and it's embedded into like Japanese forms and everything like that, they wanted to give everybody a chance to get everything, kind of get a head start and get a jump on updating everything so that, you know, come April 1st, all printed forms and everything that you'll need to use will have the new name Printed on it. Jumping back into the article, it says, in a rare video message released in August of 2016, in which Emperor Akihito hinted at his apparent desire to abdicate, he said, when the emperor has ill health and his condition becomes serious, I am concerned that as we have seen in the past, society comes to a standstill and people's lives are impacted. In various ways, so this is kind of one of those interpreted differently by different people type of situations. But um, in Japan, the the emperor is is doesn't really have that much political pull or appeal, but is seen as a very large part of Japanese culture and so much of the end I, I I can't even I, I can't even get into it in one single podcast I, I can see just explaining that this section here about what the emperor means to the Japanese public could be an entire piece of content like 20 30 minutes to an hour who knows but simply simply put it's definitely an important part of Japanese culture um, so I'm gonna jump back into the article uh, we're nearing the end of it it says this triggered debate within the government and the diet and a special law that made emperor akihito's abdication possible was passed in june of 2017 that december the cabinet decided that the abdication and ascension decided on the abdication and ascension dates in may last year, the government formulated a plan to announce the new air name one month before the actual name change. The government called for revamping information systems at government ministries and agencies preparing for the change and urged private companies and local government bodies to take all necessary measures. So kind of alluding to what I was talking about before, how it gives all these ministries and companies the opportunity to prepare for the release at the beginning of April. Is that right? No, May, May. Get your dates right, Norm. So for the most part, the procedures for selecting the new era name followed those taken in 1989 in the transition from the Shoah era to Heisei. First Prime Minister Abe commissioned a few scholars to come up with ideas for the new era name. Each scholar was asked to submit two to five proposals. So there, there's our, there's our answer there. Uh, with the meaning and reasoning behind the names. The proposals were then narrowed down by the Suga based on six criteria. Its meaning is in a Its meaning is an appropriate ideal for the Japanese public. It is comprised of two kanji characters. Ooh, they actually they made it a rule this time. It is easy to write. It is easy to read. It has never been used as an era name. Okay. And it is not a commonly used word. So it says here that Japanese era names have started in the, okay, kind of touches on what we talked about before. So it started in 645 with the Taika era and have continued for, wow, look at this. This is saying it's continued for over 1,300 years since 701, the first year of the Taiho era, when the dual era names ended. Okay, good. Excellent. Okay, so that that's basically the article right there. And it does touch a little bit at the end there on how the era names are put together. So since this was like the theme of the day here in Japan, it literally was everywhere. I kind of wanted to share this with you guys. And it's not just that I kind of wanted to share this piece of content, but I kind of wanted to bring you guys into Japan for the day because this topic has been Japan today. So, and at the same time, I kind of wanted to do that for myself. If I sidebar a little more, I was actually out and about today in the area of Asakusa, one of my last days here, filming a video. And this video is going to be a little different than what I usually do, but it should be fun. It will be a full, and I mean full tour of the area basically showing pretty much everything. Well, there's, there's definitely a lot of stuff I missed, but there's only so much that you could show in a single video. I'm currently estimating that it could be anywhere from 20 to 30 minute video, so uh, if you are a viewer of the Tokyo Lens channel, I will link that in the description box below when it goes live, so you can just kind of click in and check it out if you're interested. But as I was busy doing that today, as that was kind of my main focus, I I slightly felt like i I missed out on this. Like When I opened up my phone or when I looked at the people around me, I could see it, I could feel it, but I didn't really have the chance to immerse myself in it. And as it is a significant part of being in Japan, the the Japanese lifestyle and history and culture and everything, I wanted to take the evening and just kick back with you guys and kind of delve into this. Is that a word? Delve? I feel like it's a word. If it's not a word, again, don't come at me on it. But no, let's just we'll jump into this topic and just enjoy this moment, not just by myself and just reading about it and learning about it, but kind of sharing that with you. I hope that you got some value from it. If you did, honestly, it would help me out a lot and mean the world to me if you would take 10 seconds and jump over to Apple iTunes and leave a review on there each one of those is actually a, a, like a help and a boost to me and it would mean the world. So if you're willing to do that, thank you. I, I just, I can't thank you enough. It, it really does mean a lot. But that being said, I have really enjoyed just kind of spending this time with you guys. Um, to give you guys a little insight into where we are at right now, um, it is currently uh twelve twenty nine a m and I actually plan on releasing this like tonight I'm gonna cut it together at the music at the ends that you're gonna hear and just put this out and done and dusted um but this has been a really peaceful evening you've probably been able to actually hear my 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 stool that I'm sitting on in the background and listen to this. I don't know if you can hear that at all. It's, I have started the move into my new place and actually right now I'm recording this from my old place because I've still got my work set up here and everything but I moved over my chairs and all that so right now all I have is this little stool to sit on so I apologize about the squeaky background if you've been hearing it and wondering about it through this whole podcast because it we, we don't usually have that. Now I'm just kind of chatting and enjoying the time with you guys Uh, i hope that you have enjoyed it as well again if you got 10 seconds it would mean the world just jump over to itunes i would love it thank you so much and uh yeah i've got one or two more fairly fun podcast episodes coming up for you guys within the next week. So I look forward to talking to you all again. I hope that whatever you are doing right now, that your day, night, evening, morning, whatever it is, is absolutely fantastic. And you know, I will talk to you again real soon.